The year 2020 stands out from other recent years. It joins the list of those years in history in which everyone in the world has been faced more closely with the reality of death. This is after the outbreak and spread of the novel coronavirus which has by now claimed the lives of over half a million people all over the world and left broken hearts, lives, economies and livelihoods in its wake. And the fact that life is at the center of this crisis makes the measures being taken to combat this pandemic all the more delicate and sensitive. I highlight the continuing pandemic and its resulting reality of death as just an example in the scheme of life. The pandemic did not introduce us to death. It found it here with us and only added its viral power to an already existing area of our vulnerabilities. But this does not mean that death has been made more familiar or less complicated to the experience of our souls. There is a sense of loss, brokenness, helplessness and shock that comes with death and grief to which the only response we find fitting is speechlessness and unceasing tears. Death, whether from a blessed old age or a sudden accident, remains an unwelcome guest to human existence. It is an enemy and a wicked intruder. Greater than there is a sense of loss, brokenness, helplessness and shock that comes with death and grief to which the only response we find fitting is speechlessness and unceasing tears. Questions in death. When any heart experiences real grief, it breaks. In this, there is no distinction. The strong, the hardened, the sensitive, the rich, the poor, the learned, all experience real grief the same way. God has put a sense of eternity in our hearts which unconsciously tells us that our lives and those of everyone close to our hearts ought to continue on forever without any interruption. Ecclesiastes 3.11 This is why we say our goodbyes to our loved ones while at the same time making plans for when we expect to see them again. The heart is that hopeful when it comes to life, especially for our loved ones. And that is the place we are more vulnerable when death strikes. Greater than it is the fate of the fallen humanity to mourn in a hopeless way. But that is not the case for those who are united to Christ through faith in Him. The experiential questions that arises then is why God allows death to continue wrecking our hearts and lives when He could easily put an end to it forever. These questions, even for the best of theologians, are experientially not easy to face. And they are not meant to be. But that difficulty acknowledged, it does not mean that there is no solid ground to stand on and still mourn or face the reality of death and hope. It is the fate of the fallen humanity to mourn in a hopeless way. But that is not the case for those who are united to Christ through faith in Him. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. 1 Thessalonians 4 13-14 In John 11, we meet a family and their close friends as they deal with the grief of losing their brother. John, the author, wastes no time in letting us know how close this family was to the Lord Jesus Christ's heart. He loved them and who loved him too, 11-3, 5. With Lazarus now dead, only the two sisters, Mary and Martha, remained. We are told that Mary was the one who had poured expensive perfume on the Lord Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair to express her love and worship to Christ, 11-2. So we are talking about people who enjoyed very close fellowship with Christ Jesus. If there were ever people who could be spared from the heartbreak of the death of a loved one, these could be them. But it was not to be that easy and straightforward. As Lazarus' sickness advanced, the sisters sent a word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick, 11-3. And that is where the tension of the narrative is found. The one Jesus loved was sick and near death. Surely Jesus would go right away or even say a word where he was and Lazarus would recover. That is what Mary and Martha expected, 11-21-32 but it was not so. Even John marvels at it with the phrase yet. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. 
Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. John 11:5-6 NIV. Human logic tells us that if God really loves us, he will safeguard us and our loved ones from death. But that is just our emotion speaking. In the case of Lazarus, Jesus had another goal, the glorification of God and of the Son of God. In the words of Jesus, the sickness would not end in death but in the glory of God and of Christ, 11-4. And that is where the ultimate comfort for God's people in the face of death is. Our story doesn't end with death but with God being glorified, death being defeated, and life everlasting being a reality, Revelation 21-4. Greater than our story doesn't end with death but with God being glorified, death being defeated, and life everlasting being a reality, Revelation 21-4. This cosmic and eschatological hope dignifies rather than silence our questions. We are supposed to ask questions in our moments of grief. The right questions, of course. That is the value of going to a house of mourning rather than one of feasting, Ecole. 7-2. It is by reflecting on the meaning of death, its root in sin and defiance of God's authority, Gen 2 17, 3, and the redemptive victory of Christ over it on behalf of all those who will place their faith in Him, 1 Cor. 15, that transforms the house of mourning into a place of wisdom for the living, Ecole. 7-4. Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life. On arrival at Mary and Martha's home, Jesus comforts them with one of those iams that give life in the fallen world a new meaning. The sisters were concerned with what could have been had Jesus arrived on time. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, 11:21-32. But Jesus countered the frustrations of death with the reality of who he is to all those who believe in him, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? John 11:25-26. The message of our mortality is that the fruit of sin is separation from God, corruption, pain, death and decay, Genesis 2 17, 3, Romans 5 12, 3 23, 6 23a. But the message of Christ is that in him there is life and life forevermore if we will renounce our efforts to create life from what is doomed to death and decay. Lazarus' resurrection from the dead was a wonder and a miracle. But it was a mere shadow of the real one. Jesus Christ is the resurrection from the dead that is coming once for all to destroy death and usher in the everlasting bliss and life for all God's people who have hoped and waited for his second coming from Adam to the moment of his appearance. Do you believe this? Greater than the message of our mortality is that the fruit of sin is separation from God, corruption, pain, death and decay, Genesis 2 17, 3, Romans 5 12, 3 23, 6 23a. But the message of Christ is that in him there is life and life forevermore if we will renounce our efforts to create life from what is doomed to death and decay. You are reading this because you are alive. But since you are on this side of the fall of man into sin, you have to face the fact of your mortality. But you do not have to face it with a panic or desperation since the one who is the resurrection and the life extends life and hope beyond the grave to you in his blessed gospel. The very gospel that deals with the sting of death that is in your heart right now which is sin, 1 Corinthians 15:56. This sting, when not put to death by the power of Christ's gospel through faith, continually releases its poison into your soul and ultimately leads into everlasting death which is eternity outside the presence, light and life of God. And so the question, even in the face of death, remains, have you believed in the gospel of Christ? Have you embraced him who is the resurrection and the life? About the author. Joseph C. Kehue, Prince Joseph, is a Christian blogger and a Bible teacher and apologist with open scriptures. His passion is to see God glorified through the gospel of Christ for the joys of all people, 
to see believers in Christ equipped to effectively declare and live the gospel of Christ and the unbelievers come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Joseph lives in Nakuru, Kenya with his wife Olive and their two children, Calvin and Sharon.